Hey everyone, this is Chris Bellamy from The Church Collective. Welcome to podcast episode 147. Today we're going to be chatting with our good friend James Duke. Let's get into it. All right, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions okay. for you. Okay. First one. <laughs> what projects have you been playing on lately? Okay. Uh, yes, I have been playing on projects lately. I just played the guitars or most of the guitars on the new <clears throat> on a new Mac Brock album that he's about to release. Um, I played on that. It was him and Jason Ingram producing it. And it's an EP. They uh, and so he's gonna release it. He's going out on tour with United, and so he's gonna release that along with that tour. <clears throat> and so I did the guitars for that, which was really good. I played on one or two of the songs on his last record, and then. Um, yeah, so then I played on all of this, and I really, really like it. I think is he, I feel like he's starting to kind of find his voice as a solo artist. So this is not you're talking not talking about greater things. You're talking he's coming out with another no. one. He's coming out with a new album. Wow, I'm not sure what it's called. I think he posted about it. We could probably figure that out. But he, um, yeah, so. He has a new batch of songs coming out. I think it's called Covered. So it's going to be, that's, his, that's a new project that should be coming out pretty soon in the next, uh, I think really soon, actually. So, so that was really fun. Um, that was a good project. I had a lot of fun kind of coming up with guitar parts and kind of... Um, I kind of took the opportunity to kind of do some kind of different things that I didn't know if they were going to like, or I didn't know how they were going to think about it, but they ended up really liking the stuff. And so I was excited about that. And then I really like his songs too. So that's been good. Um, who else is on there? Uh, who else played on it? Yeah. Like who's on drums? Um, Austin Davis. Oh, okay. Uh, he plays for Carrie Job. Yeah. Um, and then David Curran played bass. And uh, uh, I can't remember who played, who else played. But yeah, that was sort of the rhythm section. Did you go to, um, did you go back to Charlotte for that? No, he did it in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. So he was at a studio for a while and I did a couple of songs there and then I recorded another couple from my house and just sent them the tracks. And then let's see what else. Oh, I just just last week I played I recorded guitars for my friend Davis Harwell and he is a musician composer and he's in LA. And he he makes basically like like huge like basically like scores like just these big 
amazingly arranged, beautiful pieces of music that are just like that you would hear in movies and TV shows and all this stuff. Um, and so he he records his own records and he was he's doing a new project and me actually me John my brother John and Jacob Arnold played on it all, all the three of us played with him on his new record and it's amazing just just beautiful like timeless in uh music it's amazing just kind of uh it's got it's like got vocal stuff and strings and just huge these big grandiose kind of arrangements of just it's like soundtrack music basically it's just gorgeous music and so i played on that last week and that was really really fun to sort of figure out how to kind of fit into this because it was a lot of it was done already and kind of, so I was sort of just joining in and finding kind of a space of, among all this, just beautiful like string arrangements and like kind of like almost like choirish type of vocal melodies in the background and stuff. And it was amazing. And so I did that. Um, there's been some other stuff. Uh, but yeah, those are the two that kind of come to mind at the moment. <clears throat> what about passion? Yes. Uh, well, I did the passion thing. Uh, I was at the passion conference and I was playing with Sean Curran and he, he's been part of like the big kind of passion band, you know, that has Christian and Brett and melody. And he was one of the, leaders for that and he he's gonna be doing his own record and so he used passion passion was sort of like his springboard to kind of launch that so he was on his own like one of his and so he did his own sessions and led worship on his own at these at the passion conference and we were having to fly all around to different cities while we we're doing that but uh and so he's been recording for that and not really on purpose, but there was one song that just kind of an unlikely song that you think would sort of take off at a big, huge gathering um, called Step Into the Light. And when we played it, even the very first night, it just like went bonkers when we played that. And we kind of opened up the um the sets with that song so it was the very first thing people heard you know yeah. and so it's a really kind of moody not a typical kind of pump you up song that you would maybe choose most people would choose to do when you have like a when you're playing in an arena with you know like twelve thousand people or something you know like normally you'd be like get up on your feet and like you know like yelling at everybody which is fine but this instead we just started literally like dead quiet with him like playing a Rhodes and just singing this song that was like it's like this really beautiful song I'm sure a lot of people have heard it by now but it's real moody and just kind of takes a long time to kind of get somewhere but it's like really cool and vibey the whole time and so um we weren't necessarily sure how that was going to 
you know, come off live, but it ended up like just going crazy and just being really awesome. And so we played it every set we did. We played probably four different times in different cities, but that song kind of just took off. And so by the time we got to the last morning of the whole conference thing, we were, we played that song and it was just like the roof tore off. And I don't even know necessarily that any, they had even heard it. It wasn't like people were watching us from other locations, but like it had just been sort of brewing in the air maybe. And so then when we played that, it was just wild. And so anyway, so we play that song got such a big reaction that it just became this whole viral thing where people were just posting clips of it and it had his own hashtag and just taken off and everyone was just wanting to hear it so bad that they just decided to release it, you know? And so they put, they just put it out, I guess last weekend. And, um, so that was really fun to be a part. I I've known Sean, uh, for a long time way. I mean, just when I would was touring with John Mark, we would play shows with his band, like when we were touring through Florida and he's from Florida and, um, we weren't really like, we didn't ever keep in touch or anything. But then a couple of years ago I was at a passion conference. It was the first one he was a part of. And that was when he had written worthy of your name and all that stuff. And I mean, I didn't even really talk to him at that conference, but it was, his songs were so incredible and I didn't even realize who it who he was at first. You know, I was I didn't realize I didn't put it together, and but it wasn't until later that I realized that. And so I remember got I got his number from my brother and just texted him and just told him how much I loved his what he was doing. And anyway, we just sort of kept kept in touch and stayed on stayed in touch and seen and we saw each other. We did a couple tours together and hung out on those and stuff. And then. The beginning, uh, I guess the end of last year, uh, he texted me and just said, told me what he was doing for the conference and just said, you know, I need some guys and would, you know, would you want to do it? And I just immediately just was said yes. And so, yeah, so I was really excited that I even got to be a part of it. And I love that song and all of his new songs are amazing. So he'll have a new album out soon. And so I'm sure everyone will loving it yeah i was talking to garrett um davis the other day and i was telling them how confused i was watching that 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 those couple of days yeah because i was seeing i i didn't i didn't i didn't know that there was four separate venues right and i was trying to watch the live stream and um but then i was also seeing like you and uh brian carl like you know post on social media about it and i'm like what man what is where are they and what are they doing like what is passion right now you know and and trying to piece together like and then finally realizing oh it's in four four different locations but then garrett was explaining how it was all working together and saying you guys were like flying you were at different locations every day? Like you were flying overnight? I mean, 
Yeah, we were we this one day we were in two different cities. So we played the first night in Atlanta, went straight to the airport, flew to Dallas, played that morning in Dallas, went straight to the airport, flew to Washington, D.C., played that night in D.C., went straight to the airport, flew back to Atlanta and played the next morning in Atlanta. It was wild. That's crazy. crazy. But yeah. And so did each stage have that LED floor? No. I think just the first, just the ones in Atlanta, because the uh, the other two weren't arenas, and so they had different setups. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Every stage was a little different, but both of the ones in Atlanta had the kind of light up floors. That's what originally got my attention was that that floor, and then yeah, I started crazy. trying to think, like trying to comprehend, like what was going on. You know, watching it in real time was really confusing <laughs> i know the funny one of the funniest things about that too like if you watch the live video for step in the light like that floor is like a strobe light almost and it's just freaking out but like i texted sean when after i saw the clips i was like i didn't even notice the floor like that's how like intense it was when we were playing like i didn't even not one second while we were playing was i like this floor is lighting up i never even it never even uh, it registered like that's it was like so it was so intense when we were playing like it, you weren't thinking about stuff like that. It was pretty crazy, but it was cool. But it definitely looked cool later though. Yeah, uh Tim, Tim Womble texted me a clip of you playing that song. Yeah. And I'm like I was trying to look for it because I had that I knew the album had they kind of released a little bit early, right? Yep. And I was, I'm like looking for, I'm like, what song? I'm, I couldn't figure out what song it was. And he's like, man, you got to hear this song. This is like the song. And it, I couldn't find it. And um, just the whole, the whole process of all of that was, it was crazy. It was really intriguing to watch from, you know, to see what was going on. Now I get yeah. it all, but I, I was completely confused at, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was because it was like everyone, no one saw each other. Like none of the bands even really saw each other because you're just crisscrossing. Like you, we, we would get off our plane and we might see another band like on the runway while we're getting off our plane and they're getting onto another plane. But like that was it. Like no one was really hanging out, which was usually the, the fun part is everyone gets to see each other and hang out. But it was really busy, but I feel like it was worth it for sure. It was fun. So, I got to ask you about the, the solo and how, how you got that sound. Cause it sounds like, it sounds like you kick in a whammy at the end. Yeah. Um, when Sean sent, uh, the demos of his songs for us to get ready for before that, before we were playing for that conference, um, he texted me at one point and said, Hey, have you started listening to the songs? It's okay if you haven't. I mean, there was still like plenty of time. And I said, no. <laughs> and he said, okay, well, there's a song called Step Into the Light. And I was just thinking that the end would probably really be really cool with slide guitar on it. And I said, okay, you got it. And so listening to it, listening through to the demos and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, I can, I can do something. But um, when we were in rehearsals, we were playing that song and I could kind of feel how the ending of the song was changing and getting really dramatic sounding and just really huge. And so 
um, I was just sort of responding to that. And so it's, it's real simple and the sounds, it's nothing like out of the ordinary. I didn't like turn on any extra pedals. It's not a whammy or anything. Um, but kind of when we start going, I'm basically like going between different octave ranges. And so however many measures or how many times through that last section is, I sort of take my time to get up to like the highest octave range in that key that I can get to. And so, um, and so by the very end, I'm playing up super high and just sort of doing like this offbeat kind of finger picking thing between two notes, which is very much, uh, like something the edge would do. Like he, he tends to play like, offbeat from the rhythm on a couple of notes like it's just one of his classic things he does especially live and so i've always been i've always loved that and so sort of like that kind of a feel like kind of against the beat a little bit and just kind of uh real intense and then the higher i'm playing i'm not nothing's really changing except for i'm just i had just left myself enough space to keep it going you know what i mean like So I didn't, I tried to like leave enough room dynamically to where I knew, I knew the end, the very end when it's crashing, that needs to be where like the fever pitch was. And so I was just building and building and building. And so, you know, it's just probably, um, my normal rig, just a tube screamer, morning glory, memory man, and just playing slide. And so, but the, like those last couple of notes that are so high, it's because they are so high. I was like, I don't even know what fret that is. I mean, it's like a high, uh, really high note. I can't remember. Um, but it's like a up at the 19th fret or something, you know? And so it's like really high. Uh, and so, but it's not, it's just, you know, when I heard it back, I was like, well, thank God it's in tune, first of all. I was like, I really was going for it. But it, that's sort of like a classic kind of throwback slide thing, you know? Um, when you're not necessarily switching strings to get to the different octave ranges, but you're actually moving along on the same string, you know? Yeah. So if you wanted to, like, play a lower note, like it's like a real like Derek trucks thing to do. Like he'd be playing, he might be playing up higher, you know, 12th fret or something. And, but then like, he'll just keep going down on like the B string until he's playing down on the second fret or open string or whatever, just to kind of makes it real dramatic. And you can feel that a lot more. Like, even though you could play the same note on a different string and kind of get the same sound, obviously, because it's the same octave range. There's something when, when you choose what string you're actually going to play something on, like it has a certain sound, even if it's the same note in the same range. And so when you're able to kind of do that, it makes it really dramatic sounding. And that's sort of like the beautiful thing about slide guitar is that you can get real vocal like, and you can get real, uh, you can spend the time like, going between those octave ranges and stuff. And I don't know, that's just why that's one of the reasons I love slide so much is you can make it sound like that. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you're screaming like, right. Exactly. "Ah!" 
And, those and I are, probably actually was screaming while I was playing it. So there, and there's something with the last couple of notes that I don't know what it is, but it's it's the something with the the timbre of the last couple of notes that just really like puts it over the top. Yeah, and the yeah, I know what you mean, and. To me, like playing with someone like Sean, like that's, and it, he's a lot like it's with like uh, people. I love playing with people like that. That's why I was always love playing with people like John Mark and different people like that was because when there, I don't know, there's something about the way Sean writes and the the words he chooses to use that like really make makes me engage in it you know i've always been like more drawn to people that that maybe have a different style of lyric writing that that really just like cuts to the to the core of my heart you know and so when i hear people sing certain things that i haven't maybe heard in a certain in that context before and or said quite like that before it makes me like it makes me feel like I need to respond in that same way, you know? So like, even at the end when like, he's like screaming at the end, you know, and it's so awesome. And so the way he kept bringing it up, you as a musician, you have to be there with them, you know? So I wasn't, I don't feel like I, I wasn't trying to, um, necessarily like take the, forefront you know i felt like everything i was playing was right in line like almost like almost like my guitar was like a background vocal for him or something or another part and so like there like because even this the the kind of melodies i'm playing even when it's super loud and going crazy at the end are very much still very melodic and in line with the song so it's not just like i'm just shredding you know what i mean it's not yeah. like i'm just playing a solo i'm actually still just playing parts like it's very much on purpose but then there's still that like i still left enough room like i hadn't quite worked out what i was even going to play it's probably like the night before that i realized like i probably slid up super high i was like oh that's awesome and i probably played it more times than i did that night then i was like then that next time i played it i was probably like okay, now I have an idea of where I want to get to, you know? So I was, like, working it out as we were going. But, like, that was just basically just me trying to keep the energy for him so that he could get to where he needed that song to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, there's a certain sound to that, like, timbre of those notes that really make it, like, dramatic and super like urgent sounding you know and so when i'm out then that's just what i was feeling i was like that music sounds like that and so like what can i do to sort of make that sound happen you know so yeah. i can't wait to learn it yeah i don't know if it's, it's even learnable you probably already learned it <laughs> you already know how to play it but I don't think it's, I don't know if it's reproducible, you know, like, yeah. well, there, most of it, because it's only like three notes. It's just basically, it's just the delivery Yeah, is what it is, you know? And so that's, what's cool about music. 
and and diff- and musicians and what makes each musician unique is that you can play three notes that everyone plays but then just like you you have the ability to make those three notes feel and sound and communicate differently than I can you know what i mean yeah. and so that's the beautiful thing about what we do i might just like lift the guitar and scream into the pickup instead yeah I think that That's would be good. effective. That would work too. So what was Sean playing? He switches to a guitar, right? Yes. What in the world was that? It was like a jazz master with a telecaster headstock and like a tele configuration. Yeah. He had a couple different guitars he was playing and I can't remember that might've, I don't, I don't even know. I don't want to like, I can't say who it was because I don't know who it was, and I don't want to insult somebody if I get it wrong. Um, but I want to say it was a Danacaster, but I don't know for sure. Um, but maybe. We'll just go with that. We'll just say that. Okay. Uh, he has another guitar he was playing at that conference, too. He had a, two different ones that was built by a guy that they know. I think he's in California now, and I can't remember his name either, so I'm doing really bad at that. But I will say... He is a really good guitar player. Really? So that was really fun playing with him, too, because he's really good. And not because, you know, like a lot of times, like a singer kind of has a guitar, but it's sort of just there, you know? Yeah. And they're not they're not necessarily adding anything to the music. Uh, But he is really good. He can hold it down and he can play. He's like, he can play lead guitar. He can, he can hold it down and be really solid. He plays really cool stuff. He comes up with good guitar parts. Like he's a music, a musician. He's not just like a good singer that writes songs. He can really play. He plays piano really awesome too. He can probably play everything, but he's like a really good guitar player. And that's always fun too, playing with somebody because then it was like when he switched to guitar, I wasn't like, Oh, the whole bottom's going to drop out. If I do something different, like he can really hold it down and it sounds good. And so while he's singing, which is really impressive because it doesn't happen a whole lot in most situations that I find myself in, you know? So he's a really capable guitar player. And so he knows what he likes and he, he knows what, and so, uh, yeah, it's just really fun to play with them. Which one were you? Pl- were you playing the, um, the? Correct me if I'm wrong. The gold three five seven has a stop tail, and the black one has. Yeah, the, uh, I was playing. I took. I had my black one that has a tremolo on it, <clears throat> and so that I was playing that one. So were you? You weren't like. I heard you do the well. I guess. Uh, you were playing that one because I heard it in the beginning where you kind of do that like Steve Vai thing where you hit you kind of knock the tram a little bit when you're holding yeah. a note yeah yeah but at the end you weren't you weren't working the tram with no. the slide were you Mm-mm. okay I was just playing I was just going for it yeah it sounded awesome though thank you no it was really fun and it's always a relief when I listen back and I'm like, 
oh, that's in tune. Thank God, you know, because because <laughs> it could very easily like you could be in the moment and just like going crazy, and it could not be good at all when you listen back. But there wasn't any overdubs on that or anything. It's just live, which is cool. And so I was grateful that I held it together for at least a couple of minutes. I love the how they mixed it. Like the guitar yeah. is really up front, but it's not. It's not like obnoxious, but it's just like yes. Like, you can actually hear it, which yeah. doesn't really happen a whole lot anymore. Right. So it was nice. Yeah. So it it did make it feel like a like a duet, like kind of like um like no longer slaves, where um you know how he's singing and his wife is kind of like wailing in right. the background. It kind of gave me that feel, you know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, Sean, Sean is the kind of person that really wants his band to just go for it. Like almost every time before we would start, it would be like 10 seconds. We'd all be on stage and he would like talking to us, Mike, just to us and be like, you guys be free, do what you do, you know, love you guys. And so like when you play with somebody like that, that really wants to go for it, but also is like, wants you to do what you do you know it's really cool so because it even sometimes people say that but they don't give you space or they don't know how to make space maybe or stuff like that and you know it's that that's fine too but when you have someone that really means that it does something different for every musician not just me for the for the drummer brett and for bobby the bass player and and for Chris, the keyboard player with him, like that really releases you when you know that they, they're like, don't be stressed out. Like there's a lot of people here, but don't be stressed. Like the last thing you need to do is worry. Like, I don't care what, if you mess up, I don't care, whatever. I just want you to be able to, to like really just go for it and just press in. And so that's a really valuable thing to be able to be a part of. And for musicians, like you can't, it's a shame with, to not have situations like that as a musician, you know? Yeah. So I feel I was really blessed. And so anyway, so it was really awesome and I was really proud of him and it was really fun to be a part of it. And so, yeah. So is that, are you on any of the songs on the other, on the rest of the album? No, the, they've made that record, uh, leading up to the conference and it was ba- it was the passion guy the passion band okay so that was like the whole mostly brian and stuff yeah brian and um chris were the guitar players i believe for that <clears throat> did you have to play glorious day uh i think we we played it once that's funny cause i remember there was a while back we were talking and you were like it's not like i'm ever gonna have to play glorious day <laughs> <laughs> I did. I love that song, and I love the guitar parts on that song. It's, they're so good. Did you switch to your camper for that? Um, no, I didn't have time. <laughs> I should have, though. So, speaking of camper, how's the um, how's the profiling? Uh, good. It's been really good. I I started that process with my friend Nolan, and I wasn't necessarily um, convinced that I was going to find something that I thought was sounded good. 
but we spent the time and I really uh, was impressed. Honestly, like it got to when I, the la- I remember the last night we were, one night we were working really late on it and it got to like when we finally kind of finished it and dialed the effects in for it and all that stuff. I just looked at it and I was like, this sounds just like me. Like I can play through this and it is no problem. Because that, that's the, been the problem with a lot of stuff when I'm not playing my normal stuff or playing through amps or even when I'd played through Kempers in the past, like the feel, if for some reason I could never get it to feel right, like the way I would be playing and the way my hands were using my hands on the guitar, like it wasn't translating back to what I was hearing, like something it's hard to explain it. I don't know. Maybe, you know, but like the, the way it, the way the feel is, I could never figure out how to get that right. But after we spent the, all that time, like it got to where, like it was responding just like how I would want in, uh, my, the stuff I normally play through to respond. And I was like, that's it. We did it. I really felt like it was it. And so, yeah, so we put it out, not necessarily as like a pack, like a lot of people typically do amp packs with multiple amps. We did this as like a one profile that's basically like a rig in a box. And so like you could load that. I feel like you could load that and all the effects I like tweaked myself and like spent the time on the delays and the reverbs and the uh, gain stages to really get it to feel like authentic and that you that I could actually, if I only had a Kemper, I could be totally comfortable. And so, but it, it's been good. It, the response has been really awesome. I was actually kind of blown away, and um, people seem to really like it. So, so that was fun. your that was your chieftain, and what'd you say the other one was? Uh, it was a deluxe. An old deluxe. That's right. So it's like a combination of those two, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's like two amps blended together. And then we we hit it with different pedals for gain stages. So there's three different gain stages you can have with that, and which is kind of how I use my rig. And so you can keep building and building upon it. And so it's really – you can get tons of sounds out of it. So it's pretty awesome. So you've been you've been tracking at home lately. Yeah. What, what are you using, Logic or Pro Tools? Logic. And so how are you? I've been wanting to ask you how are you doing that? Are you micing amps in the other room? Yeah. Sometimes just in the room with me, so loud. Wow. I don't have I have a very uh, humble setup, but it actually sounds good, so it's cool. I mean, it's been working. I'm trying to figure out alternate if there's any other way I could get around that. But for the moment, that's how I'm doing it. Have you tried the, um, the ox, the universal audio ox? I haven't. Everyone says they're awesome. I just don't have one. I like it. I like it a lot. I like, I like the Kemper is easier to me, but the ox is awesome too. So are you doing that a lot now? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good amount. And it was funny because I never really recorded from my house before. And basically because I was 
I don't know. My personality is always like I probably would suck, and I probably have my it probably wouldn't sound good, and I'd rather go hang out with people, which I'd still rather have more people in the room. I don't like recording by myself, but I remember when I first got started doing it, I was like, "This is this is not hard. I can do this." <laughs> so it just sort of yeah. And so it's been great. I've played on a bunch of stuff in the last two or three months. So are you open to the public? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I've had I've, I have been open to the public. Yes. Are you just using your um? your chieftain or are you blending both your amps or it kind of depends some people want stereo guitars um i don't necessarily think it matters for the most part but um especially for like rhythm guitars i'm like why do you need that all on stereo if you're gonna layer it anyway that's a whole nother subject but um i'll do either it doesn't i don't know just to kind of depends on what i'm thinking or what the song sounds like like if it needs if i feel like a lead part or some melody or something would sound cool in stereo or whatever i'll do that but i feel like it's not necessarily like you have to do that my whole my whole thing is people will be so set on stereo rigs and saying like that's the only way but when's the last time you've ever sat at a concert in the crowd and been like do you hear that stereo delay oh my gosh that is amazing. No one has ever thought that in their life. Never happens. You, especially if there's two guitar players, you're not like, listen to their stereo guitars. You don't think that. Most of the time, they don't even turn the guitars up. And so it's like, it sounds great in your ears, but it's like, you don't. people don't need to feel like they have to go drop a bunch of money and have a stereo guitar rig. It, it, it's not, I mean... It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'll tell you what matters is playing good matters. Playing cool stuff matters. Like, I've never, literally, I've never sat in the crowd, even at a U2 show, and been like, listen to that stereo delay. Never once in my whole life have I ever thought that. But I do think that was the coolest guitar part I ever heard. But I don't think. I wonder how many stereo effects he's running on that signal chain. Like, I don't ever think that. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just me, though. I'm old school. I just grip it and rip it. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I'm about to run out of time, but we can keep going later. <laughs> I feel like we're on to something, but I just have to go pick my kids up. Okay. That's good to understand. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm done with you. Um, no, I want to keep talking because I want to get to all your questions. I just have to leave now. I have okay. a hard out. I have a hard out. That's what people. That's what people's managers tell interviewers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't finish all of it right now. I just ruined it, didn't I? No. Killed the momentum. The only question. The only other question I was going to ask you was, what delay pedal are you going to get? Well, to be continued. Yeah. That's. That is- <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good cliffhanger right there good to see you um sorry i had to end it no that's fine well, let's finish it do you want to finish it or we could even do the whole thing over or whatever yeah we can finish it later if you want yeah let's finish it later okay all right all right love you peace love you bye